0: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is up Dolphins fans and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021, and it is opening day of the NFL league calendar year. I'm excited to work through what we found out about the Dolphins yesterday with their free agency plans. And to move forward from here as the Dolphins gear up towards the 2021 NFL Draft by free agency. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and the recipient of one very significant epiphany last night. And this is a fantasy football analogy, uh, but for the second consecutive day, we saw the Dolphins relatively speaking, offer only modest indentations into their team needs. Uh, In the legal tampering period, they were instead content to come to some more marginal agreements, but no big expenditures for the Dolphins to this point in time. You know what the Dolphins are right now as a team with free agency? Fantasy football analogy. If you've ever done an auction draft... The Dolphins right now feel like that team who shows up to the auction draft. They find a couple of modest values they like, but they sit on their money all night long during the auction draft, and you're sitting there and you're wondering, what in the heck is this guy doing? He or she is going to have to start spending their money sooner rather than later. What's happening? And then you get to the end of the draft, and they still got all their money. And if you're doing a random selection of teams, all of a sudden, an RB1 pops out of the hat. Nobody's got any money left to bid, except for them, because they sat on their money all the way till the end of the night. So they end up getting an RB1 in fantasy football for the same price that you, earlier in the night, paid a wide receiver three for. A little bit of economic gamesmanship feels like it is at play here at the Dolphins, and the rest of the NFL are going to see this mass exodus of players off of existing contracts. You already start started to see that with the Tennessee Titans and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Titans, they cut former first-round pick Adoree Jackson. The Raiders cut, not for any significant cap savings, but that's a story for another day, center Rodney Hudson, who is arguably the best all-around center in the NFL. Cut. For $2 million in cap savings and a 12 or 14 or whatever it was million dollar dead cap hit. These transactions are starting to happen. Teams are going to have to continue to lap off cap and make sure that they are cap compliant as they sign new players. The Dolphins, which you would expect based on how they've conducted their business to this point in time, resistant to restructuring contracts and taking away long-term flexibility. So instead, instead of... Cutting a player and absorbing all this dead cap, or restructuring a player and and taking away long-term flexibility, the Dolphins are electing to instead not count their chickens before they hatch. They don't have a spending problem. They don't have a cap problem. They have plenty of cap flexibility. But they're not going to make those transactions and moves until they actually need the cap. So, we wait. And yes... It can be frustrating to see the New York Jets and New England Patriots spend like gangbusters in the AFC East. But all good things to those who wait. And the Dolphins are not... That's the biggest point of apprehension I see from Dolphins fans is the Dolphins are going to sit on their hands and they're not going to do anything. They're not not going to do anything. They're waiting for the economic values to swing back in their direction and become a more appropriate value... For equal players. Because I'm sorry, the Patriots spent $13 million a year on Nelson Aguilar. And Kendrick Bourne got $22 million. Not in one year, over the course of his contract. But you look at those price points, Corey Davis got 13 So what happens if the Dolphins wait out this wide receiver class? All of a sudden it's time for somebody to sign. And you get a better receiver for a million dollars more. who a, a guy who may have been asking for 17, 18 million dollars. That's the game you play. Now you missed the initial blitz. So anybody that's eager to sign a contract. They just want to get you know financials figured out. And find a place to play. And get settled in. More power to you as a player. But we shouldn't be surprised that Miami is looking for more than just players. Who want to lock in long term contracts. And sign for a bunch of money. So keep that in the back of your mind. You know, obviously we did have some transactions uh, that were teed up yesterday in the legal tampering period. The Dolphins agreed to terms with two significant players. Their short yardage slash power running back, Malcolm Brown from the Los Angeles Rams. And Jacoby Brissett, quarterback, signed on a one-year $5 million, up to $7.5 million contract to serve as the Miami Dolphins backup quarterback in 2021. Okay, those those boxes are checked. Now, is Miami done at running back? Don't be silly. Of course they're not done at running back. But the good news is Miami doesn't have to sit here and fish through Alex Smith and Chase Daniel, who just got cut. And if he doesn't play, then financially speaking, it's a one-year, $5 million contract for a backup quarterback That's standard operating procedures. That's technically cheap. If you would have asked me what Jacoby Brissett was going to get, I would have told you it was more than $5 million. These were needs that needed to be addressed. The Dolphins are tinkering the peripheral pieces of their picture, and then they're going to allow the big picture pieces to fall into place before they make any drastic decisions with moving around salary cap, moving around roster transactions, and parting with more ways and counting chickens before they hatch. I think it's smart business. It's a smart way to approach this for where the Dolphins are at as an organization. I had another epiphany about how the Dolphins can run their business and run their ship uh, this offseason. But before we get there, i got to tell you guys about March Madness from Bilt Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite some time. Built Bar is an amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar tastes the best. Thanks to Built Bar Madness. Go to builtbar.com or bar_underscore_built on Twitter, and remember to use the promo code Locked15 to get 15% off your next order. That's Locked15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won all of the matchups in Built Bar Madness to see who claims the title of the best-tasting protein bar of the world's best-tasting
0: protein bar. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So,
1: Kyle, what is this other great epiphany you had about the Miami Dolphins and their business this offseason? I found a way for the Dolphins to acquire some high-end talent and not have long-term cap ramifications of the reduced salary cap while still getting high-end talent. Of course, talking about player trades. uh, But the reason why I think it's important to note this for the Dolphins and make an argument for, for Dolphins exploring opportunities here couple different things. First and foremost, you avoid the bidding war, by and large, uh, that comes with free agency. And the bidding war in free agency is often uh, played out in the form of signing bonuses. And signing bonuses is more guaranteed money up front that you have to prorate throughout the life of the contract and pay for years and years and years to come. But if you trade for a player, you receive them on their existing contract and all upfront guaranteed money on existing contracts is paid for by the original team. So let's just use, and this is a player who, on um, power to the pod throughout the course of the offseason, has been used as an example. And I think he's a good one to use. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Who put out some cryptic tweet. And I'm not advocating for the Dolphins to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I'm using his contract as an example of, to explain what I'm talking about. So Odell Beckham signed a five-year $90 million contract with the New York Giants with a $20 million signing bonus and $65 million in fully guaranteed money. That's a lot of coin, right? But that $20 million signing bonus was prorated by the New York Giants over the course of five years four million dollars per season the first season he played with the New York Giants so he had his base salary and then he had a four million dollar signing bonus charged to the cap when the Giants traded Odell Beckham the remaining 16 million dollars of prorated signing bonus all accelerated into the Giants existing cap as dead cap space for that season Which means when the Browns received Odell Beckham with his contract, they were responsible for none of the $20 million signing bonus cap charges. Which means at any point in time, the Cleveland Browns could elect to trade Odell Beckham and not have to worry about an accelerated major dead cap hit. So from the Dolphins' perspective, you're looking at, let's use Odell Beckham Jr. as as an example. The last bit of guaranteed money on Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract. He has a $1 million roster bonus that is paid on the first day of training camp if he reports to camp for 2021 through 2023. Okay, So if he's on your roster for the opening day of training camp, he gets a million dollars. That's paid up front lump sum. Boom. That's against your salary cap for 21, 22, 23. But that's stipulative. So you don't have to pay him that unless he's on the roster. It's a conditional guarantee. So you could cut him in May or trade him in May, and that guaranteed money is not your problem. He has a $14.5 million base salary in 2021, a 13 and 3 quarter. Million dollar base salary in 2022 and a 13 and three quarter million dollar base salary in 2023. Of that remaining money, his 2021 salary, 12.79 million of it, fully guarantees on the third day of the league year. So Friday. But if a team were to acquire Odell Beckham, you're acquiring him for the intent of him being on your team in 2021 anyway. So there's no incurred risk. With guaranteed money. And then if he gets hurt. He's a major distraction. It flops. Even though he has a $1 million roster bonus. Available in camp. For 2022 and 2023. And a capped base salary of $13.75 million. For each of those two seasons. You can part ways with him. No questions asked. With no negative dead cap implications. Against your salary cap. Additionally. You get a player like Odell Beckham for, in new cash, $15.5 million, $15 million, $15 million. That's relative to what Corey Davis got and Nelson Aguilar got. Those dollar amounts suddenly seem pretty attractive. The downside, of course, is you have to give an asset to facilitate a trade. And again, I'm not advocating for specifically Odell Beckham. But player trades, trades for players that are on existing big money contracts. If you acquire that contract, you, generally speaking, avoid all of the entanglements against your salary cap that come with if that player does not work out. So if the Dolphins, we sign, let's say it's Curtis Samuel or Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster, but the Dolphins want to make another splash at wide receiver, or they want to make another splash on the roster, Who can you get for what picks that are established NFL players? Because those players will bring you more long-term flexibility with your salary cap situation. They're more easily restructured. There's less uh, fine print with salary cap impact to bring those guys into the picture. So we as Dolphins fans... We got to start taking a look around. We got to start asking ourselves okay, who are some players who are maybe on teams that are facing rebuilds? Who are some players who could be of use to Miami that the price to get them based on their age or their cost or whatever might make sense to make a move for? I don't have those answers right now, but as I'm thinking about the economics of the Dolphins going about getting better on their roster, but not sacrificing kind of their core principles, which is cap flexibility, fiscal responsibility. If you feel really good about the picks that you have or you don't feel really good about the existing talents in the NFL draft pool at a specific position, start looking around. Start asking that question. So that's something over the course of each of the following uh, weeks to come we are gonna to have to explore I look forward to doing that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football season may be over but the NBA College basketball and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets plus it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts, promo code LOCKED ON.
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So we do have some headlines that are worthwhile digging into, uh, regardless of whether or not the Dolphins are are agreeing to terms on contracts or not. We've already mentioned uh, the agreement of terms with Malcolm Brown and Jacoby Brissett. But the big dominoes are at wide receiver and center, and the Dolphins are reportedly uh, jostling for the services of David Andrews, uh, who it was confirmed last night, he is going to hit the free agent market. Uh, But Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald uh, is reporting when speculating on why Miami was or was not spending their dollars in free agency early on, uh, quote, while the dolphins have great interest in expatriates center, David Andrews, they do not want to pay his er current asking price, which some around the league believe is as much as $10 million annually. And I am very much here for the sorting out of the offensive line and turning it from what has long been a weakness into a strength and identity piece of the team. But, if you're going to pay David Andrews $10 million per year, let's cut the nonsense, let's sign Teddy Karras, if you want to upgrade the center position, you can draft Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey, and let's call it a day, and let's move on. Let's not allow holding up David Andrews, and there's, there's kind of this, it feels like one guy's going to go to New England, the other guy's going to go back to Miami, whether it's Andrews or Karras. Just they're, they're, wherever one goes, the other one's going to go. Let's skip the formalities. If, if $10 million per year is the asking price, and you passed on Corey Lindsley, who got nearly the, or got more than that from the Chargers, and Rodney Hudson's just been cut by the, the Las Vegas Raiders, I would take Rodney Hudson over both former Patriots. Is it going to materialize that way? I don't know. And I get there's a familiarity factor with David Andrews. Oh man, I'd be I'd be a little steamed if this one comes off at 10 million per. Because I do think Ted Karras is a viable starting center, and the upgrade opportunity to get a center in round two with a really good center class is hard to ignore as well. So, is it worth paying that dollar amount to David Andrews when you're already kind of stuck on the hook with Eric Flowers? You got two top 40 picks at the tackle positions that you're kind of committed to at this point to be starters. I mean, you you're, you're going to be paying everybody across the offensive line. And I'm here like I said, I'm here for fixing the offensive line and it being a strength and identity of the team. But you got to be able to find some guys that aren't high-level contracts to fill that out. Otherwise, you run the risk of being a very lopsided roster. So that's the conflict for Miami. If $10 million is what it's going to take to sign David Andrews, let's call up Rodney Hudson. And I know he was originally drafted by the Chiefs, went over to the Raiders, is now back on the open market. He may want to go back to the Chiefs again. He may want to go to a contender for a chance to win. So he, the Dolphins might not appeal to him. But if the Dolphins were going to pay $10 million to any offensive lineman remaining on the market, it should be Rodney Hudson over David Andrews. And Ted Karras, I don't know what his asking price is, but I would imagine it's, it's two-thirds of that at most, probably less Reminder to stay patient on the wide receiver market. Uh, It almost feels like the teams who signed the Corey Davises of the world and the Nelson Aguilar's of the world, uh, some of these got out in front of the waiting game to get a guy locked in. And their signings are proportionate to what the players above them were going to be asking. So this is, again, why it's important to remember that fantasy football auction draft analogy you wait this thing out, teams will have less to spend. These guys got to play. They got to sign. Uh, but they're asking Price with other good options in free agency and a really good wide receiver class in the NFL draft again this season. The op- the alternative is, okay, then we'll we'll double or triple down in the NFL draft. We want you. We want to sign you. But we're not going to break our cap situation to sign you and bring you in. I believe I'd seen Kenny Galladay turn down a deal from Detroit last year that was worth $18.5 million per season on average. He ain't sniffing that. And if that's his expectation, if that's what he wants, he's, he might be waiting a while. So the Dolphins, it's, it's kind of an awkward situation to be in. So is it a name your price? You give each one of your three guys Uh, your ideal price for them, whether it's Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith, schuster or Kenny Galladay, and say, hey, first one to sign gets the the deal done. And then for the other two, we're going to pull your offer off the table or we're going to offer you like a one-year, $5 million deal to come play in Miami and you guys can be a super duo. That's how I'd handle it. We'll see if that's how the Dolphins handle it. Uh, Action officially materializing today. Opening of the league counter, your 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this afternoon. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in. We're going to get some transactions. Today was a little bit more eventful for the Dolphins in that we got a quarterback's agreed to terms, a running back who's going to play snaps for the Dolphins agreed to terms, not just the seething Carters of the world and Vince Beagles of the world and Michael Pilardis of the world. Some more notable names came through on Tuesday I'm expecting today's going to be another day of significance for the Dolphins as well, as will the days to come. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.